Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. And today is a moment of truth. After a year of going everywhere, meeting everyone, defying every expectation, seeking every vote, the truth is that the path has narrowed to a close for our candidacy, if not for our cause. And another of those values is responsibility. And we have a responsibility to consider the effect of remaining in this race any further. Our goal has always been to help unify Americans to defeat Donald Trump and to win the era for our values. And so we must recognize that at this point in the race, the best way to keep faith with those goals and ideals is to step aside and help bring our party and our country together. And with that, Pete Buttigieg got out of the race for president of the United States. And it wasn't South Carolina that did it. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, 833, you got Tony, 833-468-8669. No, it's a much bigger look at the wide open field, something that kind of got missed in all the coverage of Nevada and South Carolina. And part of the reason it got missed is that the Iowa debacle was such a debacle. And then to see what happened in New Hampshire, nobody knew to trust Nevada. So they didn't until you had the result in Nevada. And then things moved quickly. If there had been a clear answer in Iowa, I think it would have been much more helpful to Pete Buttigieg. But Pete Buttigieg chose a lane. And the lane was the one of moderate, except he is not a moderate. You're a phony. Hey, this guy's a great big phony. Nothing Pete Buttigieg has done or said makes him a moderate. The idea that he thinks Bernie is too far, he's the original Bernie bro. He was writing about Bernie Sanders when he was in high school. This is what he's all about. This is not new. By the way, producer Ari wants credit for calling Pete Buttigieg the original Bernie bro. You, you can have it. It's all yours. Congratulations on that one. Take that home to mommy. But Pete Buttigieg didn't fool anybody. The initial jump was because gay candidate. And yes, an incredibly good machine in Iowa that didn't translate out anywhere else. Didn't capture imagination. Because there was really nothing different about his plan. Everything he said was couched in a doublespeak. He wasn't willing to go toe-to-toe with Warren. He wasn't willing to go toe-to-toe with Sanders. He wasn't willing to go toe-to-toe with Amy Klobuchar for fear a stapler would become whizzing right at his head. When you're not willing to go toe-to-toe, what makes us think you can go toe-to-toe with Trump, with Putin? With Xi Jinping, you can't. He can't. Then there was the story of South Bend. South Bend, Indiana was telling you something, and the press was desperate not to listen. The press was desperate to say, no, no. Clearly, this guy's got a lot going on. 
South Bend was not some great miracle. The people of South Bend were not impressed. We had been discussing for months, my gosh, you defecate all over police officers in South Bend. How can nobody notice this? Why did Kamala Harris save him in that first debate? Why did Elizabeth Warren save him in the second debate? The only reason he got through the early stages is because he was saved by these people. And I have to tell you to this day, I still don't know why. There's a little bit of me that doesn't know why he didn't stick around. Because if you tell me that it was all about party unity, um, I'm sorry, I don't believe you. The only way we will defeat Trump and Trumpism is with a new politics that gathers people together. We need leadership to heal a divided nation, not drive us further apart. We need a broad-based agenda that can truly deliver for the American people, not one that gets lost in ideology. We need an approach strong enough not only to win the White House, but to hold the House, win the Senate, and send Mitch McConnell into retirement. Well, that's a lot of cheering for a little too late. Why didn't he stick around? You've heard me make the argument. Why would anybody drop? Just take it to to Milwaukee. It's going to be a contested convention. For the record, I'm still there. I haven't dropped at all. Bloomberg's going to spend a billion dollars. Bernie... Uh, he's already the guy in the lead. He's got the lead in California and Texas. Those primaries happening tomorrow. Joe Biden, he just won the first primary of his life and gets to now be the consensus candidate where all those people in the middle who thinks Bernie's too radical, they're like, listen, Biden's the guy. He proved he can win. Wins one. Wins one in like, he's like one for 50. He is the Washington generals of candidates. And yet here he is and people say, well, clearly he's the guy. And he's going to get more money than you have ever seen before. Now, I don't know if the Buttigieg supporter is going his way. I, I don't know if I believe that. I believe he could get some. I think the Buttigieg supporter could easily go for Klobuchar. I think they could easily go for Elizabeth Warren. I don't have any proof that they all go to Biden. I just don't. But I said, why not just stick around? I started looking at what the future held. You take a look at California. Buttigieg was in a solid fifth place in the single digits behind Bloomberg, Warren, Biden, and Sanders. What does that tell you? That progressive, nay socialist, nay communist, is more valuable than gay. Now, you might say to me, Tony, that's a rough thing to say. Let us be clear about two very important things here. Nothing of what I am discussing is about how I see a candidate. It is about how the Democratic Party sees a candidate. They put the black candidates in the trunk. Then they put the Asian candidate in the trunk. Then they put the gay candidate in the trunk. Two women to go, and then they're just going to let it all hang out. And these guys are in their 70s. It's going to hang low. Don't look at me. Don't claim any racism or bigotry from me. All I did was observe. And if you think somehow it's unacceptable that I observe, forgive me, you're wrong. Observing is kind of my job. And here's what I've noticed. The Democratic Party does not like diversity. They talk about diversity. They use diversity as a weapon to attack other people. But what they want to do is have the oldest, whitest guys possible. 
be clear, right now, with Pete Buttigieg out of this race, Donald Trump is the youngest man in this race. Bernie Sanders, then uh, then Mike Bloomberg, then Biden. Biden is the youngest man running as a Democrat. I think uh, Trump is younger than Biden, right? So Trump is the youngest man in this race right now. What does that tell you about the Democratic Party? All this talk about diversity, and they want to be literally ruled by old white men. Man, that, kids, is a fetish. But take a look at that number in California, 7.7 in the Real Clear Politics Average for Buttigieg, and you say, you can't raise money at 7.7. In California, with all those Los Angeles people, you you don't crack double digits? Wait, 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 what? Take a second, take a step back and just look at that from a wide perspective. Los Angeles is more interested in Elizabeth Warren than Pete Buttigieg? On what planet? Well, if indeed Sanders can have 34% of the vote in the Real Clear Politics average, and Elizabeth Warren can have 15%, that means that yes, indeed, 50%. It's actually 34.7 and 15.3, respectively, Sanders and Warren, which equals 50%. Half of the Democratic voters have made their decision, and nothing, no amount of diversity, is more valuable, more important, more wanted, more desired than socialism. This is what they've told you. Never mind that Buttigieg is exactly like Bernie. They want somebody who is going to put it front and center and not couch it in quasi-Obama cool. They want the real deal, right? It's like you want a Coke and not RC Cola. Man, I'm going to get sued by the RC Cola people. Just just wait for that. So they want the thing. They don't want new Coke. They want original, classic, full of cocaine Coke. And so therefore, they go for Bernie Sanders. No, 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 Mitch, da- Mitch, uh, Mitch McConnell. I'm talking about uh, uh, Bernie Sanders. Mitch Daniels, he runs Purdue University, former governor of Indiana. Mitch McConnell, he's the Senate Majority Leader. Bernie Sanders running for president. Glad we got that all taken care of. I love yeah, it seems like I'm the one on it right now. So the Democrats of California are telling you something. That the diversity was less important than the ideology. Take it to Texas. Texas Democrats, the whole idea of turning Texas blue, there have been operations at play to make this happen. Buttigieg in the same exact spot. Fifth place. Single digits. How? He's been at it and at it and at it and he can't crack 10%? Bloomberg can just stroll right in and be at 167 The latest polling, by the way, Emerson, has it Sanders um, 31, Biden 26. Sanders 31, Biden 26. Now, I said I was on uh, Fox News on Sunday, and I said that this is, you know, this is high noon. 
got to tell you, these people who think, well, what's Bloomberg's future, for example? David Axelrod was talking about that. Why is Mike Bloomberg in this race when Bernie Sanders clearly has revived himself? I was wrong about Joe Biden's strategy. You weren't wrong about Joe Biden's strategy. He's run a terrible campaign and he can't string four sentences together. Bloomberg's strategy is $53 billion. That's his strategy. And Super Tuesday still lies ahead. So the people who are looking for a savior, who are looking for the what you'll hear people talk about as the consensus candidate, right? Those people are going to talk about Biden from now until mm -hmm. Milwaukee. But we're a long way from Milwaukee. Biden does not have this. He does not have all the momentum that takes him all the way. Bloomberg still has plenty of opportunities because money makes opportunities. And the people looking for a savior are making a great mistake. I do believe they are. Bloomberg has plenty of ramp left because he's got the money. And if Biden wants to talk about momentum, I think he needs to win Texas. Winning Texas is incredibly important. Winning Texas will get him people saying, okay, he's the guy. That will create the fight. But right now, he's down by uh, five or six. The margin of error of this poll, by the way, 4.6%. So it's within a striking distance for sure. And yes, even with all of the early voting, there's a great opportunity. There's something called the data for, data for progress, and it's one of the polls that was done. In Texas, 33% of people still haven't made up their mind. Somebody was sharing with me that they think Texas is already baked for Bernie Sanders because a million of the 1.4 million registered voters have already voted. Well, 33% in the data for progress poll tell me that they haven't made up their mind. And then you come with me with a number that shows 400,000 of 1.4 million still are left to vote. Isn't that the same basic 33%? Yes, it is. It is the same basic 33%. So it's still very possible that uh, Joe Biden can, can squeak something out there. But Buttigieg couldn't get any movement. And I thought that was really interesting. Why would his message play in Iowa and New Hampshire? And not, okay, it doesn't play in South Carolina, but it doesn't play in California. You see, the South Carolina conversation is, well, you know, a lot of black voters in South Carolina and they don't want to vote for the gay guy. I'm sorry, we have honest conversations here. This is what people say. This conversation goes back to California when California was talking about same-sex marriage. I, I was living in California at the time, and there was a conversation that, that black Californians will not vote for same-sex marriage. They just won't do it. I can't tell you if that's true or not. I would have no way of knowing if that's true or not. But this was one of the conversations that there's this built-in bias regarding black Americans and homosexuality. I have no expertise to the subject. But let's say that's the case. Let's say that's what you want to blame South Carolina on. That's, that's up to you. Let's use it just for a, a, a sample piece based on what we saw in South Carolina. By the way, when you take a look at the, at the final polling in, in, in South Carolina, you, uh, Buttigieg got 8.2% of the vote. He didn't crack 10%. He was polling at 11.3. He was polling just behind Steyer. Nope. Because Biden beat the living daylights out of expectations. He actually ended up with 48.4. He was polling at 39.7. Bernie was at 24.3. He underperformed. The person who overperformed? Elizabeth Warren. 
underperforming, Amy Klobuchar. But Buttigieg didn't get 10% of the vote there. 8.2%, okay. You want to chalk it up to this soft bigotry? Whatever you want to call it, feel free. Call it, call it whatever you will. I, I don't know what to say. Now ask yourself why that applies in California. Why does it apply in most liberal California that the gay candidate can't also crack 10%? To Midwest? No, 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 no. Not Bernie enough. The party has made a decision. The voters who come out to these things have made a decision. And the decision is, we go for those who commit heavy to the most radical notion. This isn't because I say so. It's because we're looking at the numbers together, guys. If it was about diversity, Cory Booker would still be in the race and Pete Buttigieg would be in second place in California. But it's not about diversity. It is about ideology to which there can be no diversity. How's that for an interesting level of spin? Not spin. Facts. Based on the number and based numbers and based on the results. Come at me, bro. I'm Tony Katz.